When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. From the southernmost point of door to the lands of always winter and what is west of Westeros and the shadows in the east and the shores around Driftmark, this is Casterly Talk. I'm Kat Napsok and we are going to get into a discussion, a discussion and a discussion about episode seven of House of the Dragons first season titled Driftmark. The director, Miguel Sapochnik, but interesting note, Greg Yatini's was supposed to direct it, but due to scheduling, Got flipped around, Sapochnik stepped in, and Sapochnik, the man of the big battles, goes intimate for this one here. The writer, Kevin Lau, first credited uh, writing for this episode, but he was in the room, so to speak. One of the producers of the show as well. Quick summary before we dive in. Oh, those simmering emotions. Nothing brings out those feelings quite like family. What is stronger, blood or a name? And that question is at the center of this episode as all of the unresolved issues, trauma, and whispered machinations come to a head as the next generation starts to quite literally tear each other apart. King Viserys I is clearly on his last legs and his long-held desire to keep the realm and, more importantly, his family together is slipping away from him as the truth of everything can no longer be avoided. Securing legacies, strengthening positions, and claiming what you actually want out of this world. There's a lot at stake as everyone gathers on Driftmark. Let's dive in to do that. Alden Diaz is here. What's up, my friend? How are you? Oh, I'm stressed, but also kind of happy, which I think is sort of the energy that this episode left us with. It was (laughs) packed. This was definitely, you know, if you're a battles person. I'll say up front, maybe this one will be a little bit lower on your rankings, mm. although we're not ranking the episodes here. But yeah. if you are about watching people, being people, watching people, watch people, if people. you're a Damon fan. People yes, watching exactly. people. Yeah. Yes, exactly. Streisand, House of the Dragon covers coming soon. Um, <laughs> See, that's why you and I work together. I'm the old dog around this yard, but man, I can throw a Babs reference out there and you know it. You know it. Oh, oh, me and my grandma marathon that that live Netflix special of hers. But yeah, no, it's a it's it's a it's a definitely a dense episode. Yeah, I'm shocked at the amount of arcs that were moved forward about the the you know spreading the wealth of character moments. It was the return of certain people, yeah. their first time in the ten years later era, such yeah. as Rainice and Corliss. Um, and Corliss's brother, who I forget his name, but Vayman. F that guy. Yeah. <laughs> you don't like no Vayman. You don't like Vayman. Okay. Hey, Vayman for that eulogy. We'll talk about it. Uh, yes. That was not the time nor the place. That was, this is almost a pun, Alden. That was a salty eulogy. Oh, it was salty. It was salty. And it, it, it smoked quite a few people. It did. Uh, it did. We'll talk about sea smoke at the end of this too. <laughs> what will become of my boy? Yeah. Um, I love sea Very smoke. interesting. 
Uh, Very interesting episode. Andres Andres Cabrera could not join us for this episode or Rachel uh, Cushing traveling uh, and other things. So we uh, always value their insight. But I did promise Ace I would speak up for C-Smoke if I needed to. So I got you back, C-Smoke and Ace. Yeah, Um, C-Smoke, we're rooting for you, buddy. It's going to be a stressful time, but, you know, we'll get through it. But, yeah, it's a stressful time for everybody, especially if you're short and you have bleach blonde hair. Yeah. Um, or if you're short and you have a little brown hair, the kids mm. are not all right. And this <laughs> it, was a very stressful time. It was. And look, I'll, I'll start my overall reaction before, before we dive into some of the big moments and reveals and all of them. I'll start with uh, some real, some actual honesty here. Uh, I was not in the mood for House of the Dragon tonight and in and, and this week. Mm. And and this season, I keep saying it. And, it's, and, it, and if you, you're listening to Castrate Talk, it, 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 keep, it keeps coming up because it, it kind of means something to me. This is a very somber show. And I mm-hmm. really do sometimes miss, I'll be honest, I miss the hound fighting over chicken, uh, Tyrion with a one-liner <laughs> and all those kind of things. And and not that this doesn't have humor and personality, uh, but it I, I keep saying somber. It is, it is a little bit dark and dreary at times. And I have loved all the episodes so far. And I, you know, we're covering it. I'm going to watch it. I'm not going to skip it. I'm a giant fan of this world, giant fan of this brand. And I sat down and I just had that like, all right, this is going to be uh, a lot of whispering and a lot of machinations and um, not a lot of humor. And I don't know if I'm up for it tonight. And 14 so minutes in, I was like, yep, this is kind of what I expected. And, and uh, you know, I don't know. And then uh, the episode ended and I immediately pressed play. And I got to say, this is why I keep coming back to this world. This was mm-hmm. a wonderful episode uh, for a lot of different reasons. We're going to dive in. And I mentioned the subconscious thing up top. He's without a doubt a great director and a great director in this world and part of the, the team here. Showrunner, at least for now, as we know, he stepped aside. Um, but this note that I saw, I was looking on the, the Game of Thrones House of Dragon wiki that there was this note and, you know, never trust a wiki 100%, but there was a note of Yatini's, Greg Yatini's was going to direct this and the schedule happened and they needed to kind of get to episode two right away. So Sapochnik maybe slid over that one. Yatini, all this kind of director sliding thing here. Yatini's has got the finale. And um, I really, I think it all worked out. Sapochnik has a reputation for the big things and he nails them, but he's always got the small things. Hard home. We love Hard Home. I'm even doing Hard Home. I'm doing that Come At Me Bro Night King stuff here. <laughs> but that episode is also remembered for me and a lot of fans by, uh, you know, Cersei licking water off the ground and mm-hmm. the, the quiet intimacy and, and, and the tension and all that stuff and the character work going on in that moment. So that was all presence here, uh, present here. And so that's why absolutely at the end of the day, really loved this episode, was ready to watch it again and again. And for a show that is moving fast and it's moving very fast we're going to have a time jump next week. It, 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 it really slows it down when it wants to. It gets it all in. And there are some great sequences here that they just took the time here. So that's my, my wrap up here. And I'll say this all before I kick it back to you here. I've, I've seen a lot of people enjoying this episode. And I've seen some people saying, finally, this is the episode. And this is finally pulling me in. And finally, House of the Dragon arrived. And I love that sentiment because mm-hmm. I love when people love things, uh, when, I, yeah. when I share love from them. But I'll say this. I don't... I don't mean this as a pushback. I just mean this as an observation. I don't think the show finally arrived. I think it was it was building to this. And this this yeah. episode succeeds on, on the backs of all the machinations, all the trauma, all the things, all the character work that's gone in before. Um, and that's just why I love this episode even more. So I completely and utterly agree with that last sentiment there and many of the things that you said, but particularly that because – as it happens on Casually Talk, we're never comparing our two core fantasy shows right now, but they faced a similar sort of reaction this week of, yes. uh, of finally this. And it's like, well, yeah, finally this in, in very satisfying ways, but 
in the same way that Rings of Power needed to earn its epic action, this had to earn the emotions and the understanding of the characters that would then carry you through a scene like the post-funeral sort of yeah. wake sort of uh, slash dinner. You need to understand, for example, why it should be unnerving to see the adults sending the children to bed and things yeah. like that. And that slow build, like you could not have done that right out of the bat because like you said, uh, right off the bat, right out of the gate, um, this, this idea that Sapochnik has just become the battle guy. Every director that is of note faces simplifications mm-hmm. the same way. JJ Abrams is not the mystery box guy. Brian Johnson is not the inversion guy. Mm-hmm. Del Toro is not just the monsters guy. Sapochnik sort of just ended up in that, categorization trend Mm. but he has reminded us here like you said with you know his work on hard home and things like hard home yeah it's cool that john's like long clock can block a a white walker but yeah what does that mean for him he's always invested in that so when you see children fighting here what does that mean for each kid Mm -hmm. and what does it mean when someone pulls the dagger on someone else in front of all these people what does it mean for the realm what does it mean for the themes and he's so keyed into that it's why he became sort of the breakout of that first director roster. Yeah. And I think in a lot of ways and why this team has been so strong is because he understood that it, the, something like battle of the bastards is the biggest and you can literally read chapters of a book, mm-hmm. uh, you know, fire cannot kill a dragon about the, the creation of that and everything. And it's all, it, we, we care, we care about the size of that. Like we care about the size of Vagar. Yeah. But you know, I've seen Harry Potter ride a hippogriff that was the size of Vagar's foot. If that, it doesn't matter about size. Yeah. It's about emotion. Yeah. You know, it was, it could, he could have ridden the actual pig from the last episode. But if he had <laughs> wanted that, it would have landed emotionally for Eamon, um, yeah, yeah. who we'll talk about. Uh, but yeah, yeah. It, it's it's just a, it's a perfect, like, the show does such a great job of bigness through smallness and smallness through bigness. Yeah which is very hard to do. It's very hard to balance that. And it's easy, I think, for us as a fandom culture to say, like, finally, I'm back to the schemes that I love from the early seasons. But it's it's so much more than that. Yeah, it is. And, and, and to be clear, we're not saying that as a rebuke on anyone who's like, finally, this is the episode I liked. I, I, as I yeah. said up top, I really love that. And if it took 10 episodes and the 10th one is the one that pulls the end. Welcome aboard. No, mm-hmm. no, uh, no problem. But, you know, we, go, we always go to Star Wars. We go. We get it. But, like, I, I love your entry points into Star Wars. I, I, I'm obsessed with what brought you in and what uh, the three movies not connect with you, but a fourth one did or a TV show did. And, and I love that stuff. I love even kind of studying it. So just breaking it down the season. No shade or anything. Uh, I just saw I saw some of the sentiments out there, and I was like, well, yeah, again, uh, that opening scene, this funeral of tension, of high tension and stress is is, is only – we only get that because of, of what we've gotten before, which, again, we're not saying any great insights. We're just literally kind of yeah. pointing and go, hey, that's why. But I just um, – I think maybe because of the Rings of Power, because Rings of Power felt uh, was experienced that this week too, and it's mm. the biggest episode yet, without a doubt. It's probably my second favorite episode if we're ranking Rings of Power episodes now. Um, but it's earned. It's earned because of, of the journey. So, anyways, yeah. I just want to say that. Yeah, yeah. It, it, to build off of that, you're 100 percent right. It's not a, a rebuttal or rebuke at all. If anything, I would say what I want someone to take away is I, I encourage you now to take your love of seven. And reassess one through six, if this is the one that got you. Um, Reassess, see how it enriches things, um, see what you know now. We'll talk about this with Damon of what we, what does get Damon woken up again? Yeah. 
it gets him back. Now we have something to compare his sort of brushing off of Lena or his, yeah. you know, his 10 year retirement and why he didn't <laughs> want to go back. And oh, in this episode, Viserys even says, come back home. And yeah. none of that works until this. And so it's it's good, you know, backwards and forwards retroactive storytelling. Like yeah. there's always moments like that that are beautiful in stories. Like the original Game of Thrones. When you get to season eight, controversial as it may be, and Tyrion says, you were the only one to his brother that ever, you know, that saw me for more than being a monster. And then you Mm rewatch, you've layered it all in. And that's that's the great thing about these big uh, epic stories. Yeah, and that's why we keep coming back, and that's why we love celebrating. A lot of themes at play. Uh, We're going to discuss those, but a little tease of them. I mean, I'll say say this. A lot of themes at play, but again, looking at my notes, I actually wrote down only three theme topics. It doesn't mean a lot of things Mm. aren't going to flow out, and you might have taken something from it. The themes are sometimes very present, and it's also how you connect with it. And Mm -hmm. blood versus name is the big one, and and the fact that Mm. the the, the amount of times that name, titles, and blood were said or seen in this episode, very clear. That's the big one. I also put down the idea of generational pain and trauma. Very clearly, you got the, the next generation just trying to kill each other that was something and this big idea that um is all through the episode as well and ends uh with a a, a decision we're going to discuss uh that they that has changed if you will from the perspective of the storytellers in fire and blood uh which is uh Lenor and 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 what happens with him but this claiming what is yours and what you kind of want out of this life big in that as well so a lot of a lot of themes a lot of big moments um uh what's on your mind what you want let's go to a big moment and and start pulling stuff in here I think, you know, we were not a let's break it down and and recap type channel, but I I think we have to start with the laying of the groundwork at that funeral. Uh, It it is is emphasizing the dichotomy uh, between Valerian and Targaryen, the two Mm -hmm. old houses of old Valyria, but what's different about them? How this is a burial at sea by water versus, you know, the many that we've seen by fire throughout both shows, but Amos, you know, in particular um, in the pilot and how those contrast, how the tones are different, how the eulogy is a loving eulogy from an uncle, but it's also a direct dig at Rhaenyra and her sons that are standing right there. Damon's reaction. This is so packed and even small moments like Otto taking the second to adjust his scarf or his badge rests, that tells you, oh yeah, he's back. And like, yeah. if you're a person that watches the next time on House of the Dragons, they don't say that, but maybe they should. Maybe they should bring those back, yeah. those, those narrator voices. I'll take that job, actually. <laughs> um, it, the idea that Otto is, even in the slightest of ways, asserting himself. Like, mm-hmm. yes, this is, a, this is I, should, I should be the fully groomed hand here because he only sees goals and jobs and, yeah, there's so much character at play in that entire thing. My auto's back, and you're gonna get in trouble. Yeah. Um, oh, you're in a DJ mood tonight. I, mean, I could feel it. Gonna <laughs> be in trouble. Hey, uh, hey, uh, uh, yeah. Look, that I don't. I, I said like 14 minutes. It, it it was it was going on and on and on. I mean, in a good way, especially on my rewatch. But I just love the time they took. And the note afterwards, I always love going to kind of the inside the episode stuff of how this was like one of the first things they shot. So even the actors kind of didn't even know what to do with each other, right? There's, there's mm. a coldness, just a natural coldness there. You really felt the distance. Um, and I just, because it explodes later in the episode, but this is a great idea to start here, Alden. We'll dive in. We can dive in beat by beat. I know you have a lot of thoughts on this stuff. But um, I love that, you know, again, six episodes in, but really that's decades of time in this story. And like, mm-hmm. it just seems like you're all in the room 
and you're all suspects in a murder, not Lana's death, but just you're all, you know, it's like, who did it? Like all, all your sins are coming to the forefront right here and all the machinations yep. and all the whispers. And well, we used to date and we did here and, and it's, and you're all there and y'all have to be nice because it's a funeral and a family event. That's very real world, but it really, I just felt the tension run through all of that because of these characters. Absolutely. And you emphasize the amount of time that we're dealing with. Like, yes, it's been 10 years since our last jump. But then the episodes before that with the young women versions, that was time. But then we can back it all the way up to how the show started with the great council that comes back here again with mm-hmm. the, you know, the husband versus wife debate between Corliss and Rainey's that is still yeah. lingering over them. It's all this stuff imbued into every glance, every stroll around the funeral and wake all of that, because these are people that have pretty explicitly done their best in many cases, to avoid each other entirely. Yeah. Corliss left court and never returned uh, after Allison was chosen. I'm sure he's yeah. been around twice. Um, we didn't see the royal wedding and things like that, so that's not a literal statement. But yeah. for the purposes of the show, he's not been there. Right. Damon's been gone for a decade. Rainey's hasn't been around since Rhaenyra shaded her on the balcony that one time. Yeah. Like it's, yeah. it's, it's the first time that you've had like a full Avengers assemble of the cast except there's no unity uh, and they are not fighting uh, purple alien. They're fighting each other. Yeah. And it's, it's a lot to take in right off the bat because they want to be able to grieve mm-hmm. and really only the children are allowed to grieve. And even yeah. they get dragged in very quickly into the machinations. Like it's not even the dinners. Like, people haven't even fully gone to bed yet. And Otto is like, where the hell's my grandson? Like goes finds Aegon, and yeah. it's like Which immediately is- on him, you know? Yeah, and know, he's been he's been great, by the way. Just Titanet is such a so good at being a little <laughs> yeah. garbage boy, and he's yeah. done great. And I'm sad to see him go. Yeah, no, yeah, no, he 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 moves on. I, I I do want to give some props to Titanet because man, I hate Aegon, and that's just yeah. a, that's a <laughs> you know, it's not quite the the Jack Gleason as Joffy Joffy Baratheon, but I mean, never stop appreciating Jack Gleason's work. He he made an entire world hate that character from the moment he stepped on screen. It wasn't what he did later on. It was the moment you first saw him. And Aegon's kind of got some of that energy, not all of it. Uh, Joffrey's a different uh, different cat, we know. I want to go, um, everything you said is uh, wonderful, and, and I love it, and just the tension and feeling it, and, and yeah, Avengers deassemble uh, as they all come together here. Um, <laughs> let, let's start with the Vayman in the eulogy. Um, you're right, half of it is, it's all sincere. Let's actually make that very clear. It's all sincere. Um, but mm-hmm. it's not just, uh, I did not take it, this is my interpretation, not take it just as a loving tribute to uh, his niece, Lena, but also a rebuke uh, and a comment on the situation around. It's almost as if he is adding fuel to the fire, which he might have a right to do. Um, but let's yeah. start there. That's a great big set piece, centerpiece of this set piece, I should say. It's a great moment because they have, I mean, on, on the most surface of surface levels, who amongst us that loves this world does not like to listen to somebody talk in high Valyrian. Uh, <laughs> they've flushed out that language already so much because really only... Yeah. Amelia Clark really got to explore it in that first show. Yeah. And it was pretty command based. Her and Missandei were the only ones that ever really used it conversationally that I yeah. can recall off the top of my head. So to hear whole familial conversations and ceremonial speeches and different, you know, cultural things referenced, flushing out House Valarian in their native tongue, you're already sort of brought in, especially with the beautiful imagery. And once you realize mm-hmm. what they're doing, you see the ropes and everything, like we're about to yank this thing and it's, it's a stone thing it's going to go straight to the bottom but then you like the characters kind of like damon Mm. have that moment of 
wait a second, this is a layered eulogy. This is yeah. a this is the this is double speak right here. And, and like you said, everything genuine, but genuine doesn't mean good. Yeah. And Damon, I think there's a potentially confusing performance choice with him openly laughing and not a cackle. This man giggles at his wife's funeral, <laughs> which yeah, yeah, which is a talk about a choice. Yeah, yeah. Talk it's about a it. choice. Mm-hmm. And I and I totally understand numerous interpretations on this. I was talking to somebody earlier that was talking about is this the is this the discomfort? You know, we just yeah. watched this guy murder one of his wives. Does he now feel free again? Is that a villain cackle or a mm-hmm. villain laugh? And I I see it more as a I wanted to stay in Pentos because I wanted to get away from the politicking. And even when your niece, my wife, my mother, my my children's mother is dead and we're at her funeral and it should be like her parents are grieving right there for God's sake. Yeah. You will still use it as an opportunity to politic. And it's a confirmation for him smugly of his disgust with them and their game where he was perfectly content. He almost took the offer um, in Pentos to stick around and it would have just been him and their dragons and, and their children. And it would have been a good life, but he came back because he had to, because it was a funeral and the, you know, metaphorically or figuratively, yeah. the body's not even cold and we're already like, and also don't forget about those brown hair kids over there. Anyway, Valarian blood rules. Like it was just such a, <laughs> a grossly misplaced moment that he, the Damon becomes us realizing mm. it. Yeah. There's this idea of Damon, the leaner, right. And, and they even say how uh, Matt Smith says later on, like, uh, yeah, I, I see Damon as a leaner and I love all those moments. He is once again, Matt Smith goes almost an entire episode with not saying much, right. Very much at the end and a lot of words said and a lot of it in high Valeria, like you said, but you, you kind of realize, God, I haven't heard him say much in this episode, but he's saying everything with his actions. And I thought that was one of the, I, I really enjoyed that moment, especially on second rewatch of just, you know, you got to get an episode that's about blood and name and, and, and Damon's disconnected from this Targaryen name, but maybe trying to figure out what he really wants from that. Again, trying to claim what is yours um, mm-hmm. to, to just kind of, you know, here we go again is almost how I kind of interpreted it. Um, uh, yeah, I, I thought it was an interesting moment. You said an interesting choice as a performer, but yeah, it was, it was a very distinct laugh and it carried a lot of weight with it. Great start. Absolutely. And, you know, not to take it to like a macabre place, but like I've witnessed people laughing at funerals before because sometimes that's how you process it. And you have to think that people process sometimes their the loss of their loved ones through the lens of their loved ones. So mm-hmm. when, when one of my mother's aunts passed away, for example, my mom's cousins, all her three sons stood there after her casket was lowered into the ground and laughed about how she would probably complain about the placement of her plot. Right. And like, you have to think about he, that was his wife for over a decade, Mm. a decade overseas at least. And he would probably think to himself, like we were adventurers. We were, we were doing shows with our dragons to make the people of Pentos cheer. We were above this garbage, this double speak, this nonsense, this politicking. And Lena, if this was somebody else dead and she was here with me, we'd probably both smirk at this. And I think that that there's some of that energy too. Yeah, yeah, no, I, I think that's there as well. And look again, she she wanted to go home. She 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 had something, uh, you know. She she had a want want to do that as well. We get Rainey's saying that later, and 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 no, without a mm-hmm. doubt, the Targaryen name means something to Damon. I think it, this is the episode where maybe he, 
I won't say figure that figures it out, but it hits him what it truly means to him. But it all starts here. It all starts on this, uh, you know, it's not a family reunion. It's a funeral, but it's a, you know, funeral of family doom. It, it was, uh, uh, yeah, it, 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 uh, it was a great start to it. Like I said, but just going around and just seeing everyone and you're right that the, the, the kids and their reactions, their tears, they're being upset and how it was, uh, you know, there's a lot of, duty this is what you must uh, do I, I think of even Tyrion slapping joffrey in season one of game yeah. of thrones if you you got to go pay respects to brand there's some duties to do but there was a lot of like positioning uh with these children to go comfort mm-hmm. to go there this uh, and and that was uh really slid uh slid us nicely into the rest of the events absolutely and it keeps everybody sympathetic something that we'll talk about when we get to the ultimate ending here, the Lenor ending and everything is that this episode does a great job of being ruthless throughout and being brutal, mm. but keeping the blacks that are not formally yet crystallized as the blacks, but kind of yeah. are with that shot of them, but <laughs> keeping them sympathetic. Trust me. That yeah. was the football team waiting to go out in the end of the field. That was a hero <laughs> shot for <laughs> sure. That was like, and here we go. 3d graphic entertainment I, weekly. I, like, yeah, yeah, it was. I don't, I don't want to, <laughs> I don't want to jump too far ahead. And I think I'm stepping in on your thoughts here a little bit, no, but, no, but the, the blacks versus the greens is we know where we're heading. Right. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, uh, I think a lot of people understood that, you, you know, even if you're following the show and have no prior knowledge to it, you, you get, that's what's going on um, um, yeah. with the green dress already. Uh, I really, at this point, maybe we'll do a later episode. Don't let me forget, Alden. I want to do a check-in on almost a, a, a sports kind of preview of the blacks and the greens and where they stand. I think I have some complicated feelings about who to root for. And I'm I'm this one who keeps going to Allison, and I guess maybe I understand where she is, though I don't necessarily support where she is. And then this is a mm-hmm. this is an episode about people claiming what they want what does Allison do? Once again, bad things happen. She causes yeah. some of it. Think of the yeah. Lara stuff last week. And she's always like, this is what I want. This isn't what I wanted. This isn't what I wanted. And for her to have that quiet scene at the end with Laris on the boat where she's like, uh, you're noticed. Your loyalty's noticed. However, I will say at some point I'll need some help and I need it to be discreet. That to me was her claiming it finally. And I'm not necessarily rooting, but I just once again understand her. <laughs> I don't know if that makes yeah, any sense, Alton. It's kept everybody entirely not sympathetic, but understandable. You can empathize with them if you've ever had certain family members like Otto, for example, mm-hmm. who we'll talk about and things like that. So it, what you're saying ties in with what I was saying. Like it it draws the battle lines more firmly than they've ever been drawn. Ever been. And yeah. before we get to the ending, you know, we'll talk about it in full. Despite the compassion and kindness shown toward Lanor by the story itself and by the characters in story mm-hmm. and some of the clever ways that on a rewatch, you realize that Damon was being genuine about some of the stuff he said about Lanor, things yeah. like that. Like yeah. when he says like, well then set him free. It sounds very villainy. Yeah. Was not, uh, not no. that, Given the <laughs> that gift. type of stuff all plays gift. Yeah. But they still killed someone yeah. and they still murdered an innocent in terms of their plan, but we're endeared to them. So it, it, beautifully tightrope walks this line of keeping the blacks as not your hero characters, but they are, I think the show has firmly planted its flag in Rhaenyra's corner as this is the viewer in, yeah. in the same way that I shouldn't say the same way functionally in the same way that the Starks were, that the night's watch was mm. things like that. 
like maybe Renly was for his short run. These yeah. are the characters that you can cheer for on Twitter or Facebook or whatever, and not have people comment you weirdo. Uh, you know, whereas a, a green supporter in this day and age on social, it's like mm, they are. They're being painted as the Lannisters. They're being painted as the fake militant. You're, you're, you know, you're making me laugh because as as anyone who's listened to Castle talk for a while knows, I'm such a status Baratheon fan, which I think has cost me friendships. Uh, hell, it's almost cost me the relationship I'm in right now. Like, I, I so love Stannis Baratheon. And a lot of it comes from the same part part uh, where I look at Allison. I look at Allison Hightower and I look at uh, the way Emily Carey portrayed her story so far and the people uh, working her, her father. And by, again, Otto comes back, small moment, big message, sending mm-hmm. uh, the king to bed drunk. And just, it's like, it's, it's definitely Taiwan energy of like, I'm back and I've been back, but I'm back now and we got to clean this mess up. Uh, and I got to get Allison on board. But, I, you know, when she, you know, early on, Allison, remember we talked about the thumbs where she's like in this system and she sees mm-hmm. uh, this world and, and she sees what she, whereas Rhaenyra tries to circumnavigate the rules. Uh, I'm going to try to play because I feel I have to. And, 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 and it explodes. Clearly it explodes. Um, but to me, it's under, it's just very understandable. It's not necessarily right. And, it, and I, I really look at Stannis Baratheon going, I did everything. I'm supposed to do everything that was asked for me. I did it. And, and, and I'm the uh, right extremely king. lawful yeah. and, and pious and, yeah. and everything that, everything that Allison yells yes. about the way things are yes. wrong are, are not. And that's the thing is like, you, you joke about the Stannis thing and it's like, shout out to all of Ken's ex friends. Um, <laughs> and, and I'm going to, I'm going to go on a limb here and say that your, your couple's cosplay of Stannis and Melisandre is never going to happen. Um, <laughs> but <chill>. the, <laughs> Even though it would probably rock, uh, the 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 idea that you can be right but go this far into being wrong is sort of like yes. the I, and these what the comparisons yes. I'm about to throw out are not one to ones for anybody listening watching, sure. but it's not dissimilar to like Xavier and Magneto, mm-hmm. or it's not dissimilar mm-hmm. to like her pulling the Valyrian steel dagger is her that's her Anakin chopping off Mace's arm moment. That's yeah. commitment. And that was my big theme for this episode that I thought was the word was commitment. And Lenor yes. expresses it firmly. Yeah, I'm recommitting and, and we'll get to him. Yeah. Everybody here commits. She she abandons the Lady Allison who would yes. mess with her fingers. Yes. She's that, dead. Now. That's gone. She's gone. Yeah. She killed her when she slashed Renera. Like yep. it's over. Yeah. And and I love that she has that scene by the fireplace with, with Otto. Because it's the same energy from when when Laris last week is like, oh oh yeah, I killed my I killed my dead and brother, right? You asked for mm-hmm. it. No, no, I didn't. I didn't ask for it, but you really did. You did, Allison, but you you you, you didn't. And this is that same energy. But I I didn't I didn't. He took the eye, and it's like <laughs> yeah, it changes. Like I'm no I'm no legal expert, but that's why we have negligent homicide <laughs> as a crime. It's, it's, like we're, that's we're bringing, <laughs> bringing a barrister for this. Um, but but I want I want to uh, before I'm sure some people will will tweet at me or comment like you know I, I my Stannis love gets me a lot of heat but I've always said this uh, I don't I this is a personal thing I don't need to root for every character I just need to understand them I need to take lessons from them Stannis mm-hmm. is a lesson I've said so many times here I apologize to those who listen for a while repeating it but Stannis Baratheon is a lesson in the thing that you feel you have uh, the right in many ways you are right about that. It, it consume, mm-hmm. consumes you and destroys you and you cease to become who you are. And piece by piece by piece, Stannis moves farther from what he could be. And now remember, he's always a jerk. He was always this. No one liked him. 
I'm not, I'm putting that stuff aside. Uh, Davos is the only one who's kind of like, I know who you are and you keep moving away from it. And Allison, I think maybe did not have the same chances as Stannis and definitely society is going to treat Allison different as a, as a woman. But I think mm-hmm. this is the episode where I'm like, now I'm watching, I'm so intrigued by her because you just took this step forward. And I think your her speech about Renair at the end, like, oh, you've always done this and you've always gotten away from it, gotten away with it, yeah. Renera. That I think that's right. I think she's right. But now she's lost herself. By claiming and committing, like you're saying, what she is doing, I think she's lost. She's so far removed from that girl. Uh, I, I'm so intrigued. And there's going to be, I think, already is, but there's going to be some big lessons to, to, to learn from this and apply to her own life. Absolutely. Well said. And and what you touched on there with like the Davos comparison, and again, just to back you up, no one's saying it's a one-to-one, but those ideas of there is no guiding light in the greens in the same way that there was a, a Davos. Um, right. and, and when you look at someone like Cersei, the Cersei Allison comparison that will always be there, especially like this was Otto's most Taiwan-esque scene so far, <laughs> I would argue. Like all, you could hear the, Charles all, dance almost yeah. reverberating in, in your soul, but <laughs> Even Cersei's children were sort of three layers. Those three kids were three layers of humanity that get peeled back. Whereas Alicent has already been told that her kids are the challenge, that her kids are this. Their relationships as parents are different. You can see the way that she always snaps on Aegon and the way Mm -hmm. that she is. She doesn't have a sort of like wanting to get another little boy's eye and stuff like that. Those are not early Cersei moves, not early Cersei. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, she, she, she punished a dire wolf, but she wasn't, right. you know, calling for the head of Queen Sansa. She did try to temper yeah. Joffrey in a lot of ways. Whereas Allison here is like in front of God, the adults and the children, I'm going to gouge that elementary schooler's eye out. Yeah. And it, it's a very different sort of commit, commitment that she's made and like you're saying with Stannis, like it about understanding them, that that comes with the quality of of the storytelling to keep everybody compelling. Because if you don't have heroes, there is no Jon Snow, there is no Samuel Tarly, there is no Rob Stark here. You have to be able to understand where everybody's coming from that way. You can say that's a really good point, but you've sullied your own point. Yeah. And when we when we talk about the uh, the, the the sports sort of rundown of blacks and greens and who's on the team, it's like it's very memeable and it's very funny. And, and, you know, even if we're oversimplifying in memes, which we should always be careful about. But when you when you rack up like the most unhinged medieval cop ever, the arsonist of his own home, like when you rack up the green roster, it shows you exactly (laughs) like you. Yeah, you might not be doing it, but you have facilitated some of the worst through your self-righteousness, which Rhaenyra even touches on here. It's like you can make points about me all you want. And yeah, it is an open secret that I, I broke the vows of marriage and had these bastard children and all that. Sure. But you are the person, and we all know this person in life, that is so set on what's right that you'll spite everyone around you, yeah. not realizing just how ugly you've become. Yeah. Well said. And, and it's, I just want to be clear. It is not, it's, it's, I do, you cannot boil down this world. So why we keep coming back cannot boil down this world to just simply I'm rooting for them, root for, for that person. It, it's just so much more. And this is the episode that I think it exploded out for me. That's why I'm so excited. I'm kind of revved up talking about it. I'm not, I'm not in Allison's corner, but I'm just like, I know how you got there, but what are you going to do now? And she's yeah. committed to a direction and, and the Rainier stuff's fascinating. We're jumping all around, but it's uh, that's what I love. That's what I loved about this episode. I just wanted to jump on yeah. it and just, just go for it. Just talk. Yeah. Relax and it's also greens, like, man. 
it, it Game of Thrones and even Rings of Power and other shows, even Andor to a certain degree. Um, I'm not going to spoil anything that we don't cover here, of course, but there's been a lot of like, it's that storyline, it's that storyline, it's that storyline. This show's done less of it by the nature of what it is, very King's Landing focused. We've mm-hmm. jumped to the Stepstones and Pentos when necessary, but this was the sort of apotheosis of what they kept saying about intimate family drama, intimate, intimate, yeah, yeah. intimate, small. This was the what's the term bottle episode like this was the drift mark drug, yeah bottle episode yeah bottle episode and so it, it sort of all does get talked about together yeah. uh it, it, the furthest away you can get is you know some shipwreck on the beach to yeah. consummate your relationship that's that's as hidden as you can get or yeah. or aim and tasting freedom a little bit and, and power with vagar and mm-hmm. took one flight for that guy to become a maniac uh and, and, and we'll talk about that too but yeah the, these themes are are really interesting and before we get into some of the some of the other stuff. I wanted to ask you two high tower related questions. The first yeah. one, very quick. How did you feel about Otto's introduction, reintroduction into the story being handled as it happened between episodes? Here he is. Uh, I I was okay with it. Like, here's the thing: if if there was a world that existed where we this this moment we're talking about now is in season three or late season two. I'd probably be okay with that um, if they had mm-hmm. found the reasons to go into these moments. But it's not just because I'm super familiar with this world, and and it's been about two years since I really, really read Fire and Blood, but um, knowing it enough, I, I, it's not just my familiar, familiarity with it. It's just, I don't know, I, I, I just, I'm the one who fought a lot with folks where I'm like, Yes, season seven and eight in Game of Thrones did move fast. And I think there was some stuff lost in that. I definitely admit that and, and can understand that. But I'm, I'm the mm-hmm. one who just, I don't need to see Davos and John on a ship for three weeks. I, I don't Neither. need to worry. Uh, I, you know, Do I need to worry about how far Gendry ran and how fast? Sure. But I, I don't give a damn about how Danny got there. Mm-hmm. I just care that she got there. That's all I care. And that's not for everyone. Um, no. So for and this, it's audience training too. Like you yeah. and I are Star Wars guys. As as uh, one Pablo Hidalgo has said, how do, how fa- how much time is an empire? It moves at the speed of plot. Yeah, uh, and and sometimes you have to accept that. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah so, I agree so, with you. But to, answer, to answer your question directly, no, I, I was so happy to have Otto back, and I just kind of you, you knew at the end of the last one. That's why uh, Lord Strong is gone. He's removed so that you could call Daddy, and Daddy will come back, and your husband will make him hand. So it happened because. I don't need to spend time with it. You know what I mean? And I, and I thought it was handled so well. And just again, Otto's back and you're going to be in trouble and Aegon's in trouble right away. And just the way, the way uh, uh, they, they played that scene at the fireplace later on, when she's, he's just kind of like, you got to get it. But, oh man, I saw like, because it's a crazy scene. And again, uh, you know, again, we'll, we'll go into more details. I know we're jumping around all of them, but like when, when Otto's just like, when she's like, turns around to be like, yep, you're right. Uh, I've done this. I've done wrong. Uh, even my husband told me to shut my mouth and keep my t- keep my cool. I totally get it. I totally get it. You can almost feel the thumbs. She's almost starting to dig the thumbs again, right? And I love that Otto's like, oh, man, I finally saw what I've been waiting to see. Oh, this yep. is great. Oh, I love the way that played. I'd rather spend time with that than worried about when he got that damn insignia or sigil back. I completely agree with you. And that ties into the second Hightower question before we move on to other things. And this is... 
a question for you and also me unpacking it out loud. Yeah. Do you think that out of everyone involved in the greens, a lot of them at this point, I think we would agree are irredeemable, especially Laris and Kristen Cole. Do you think that the reason why Allison is so compelling is because there's a part of us, even when you know what's going to happen to her, even if you read fire and blood that, that these creators and Emily Carey and Olivia cook have created somebody that we are hoping will get out. Cause that's the reaction that I find myself having with her mm-hmm. a lot. There are, there are scenes with her, especially in this episode, where I'm like, oh, if we could just, if we could just reach that teenage girl, everything would be better. Like I, I see her as a victim as much as a villain in the making, in a way that I never really did with Cersei or with mm. uh, any of the other Game of Thrones villains. Yeah. Well. Yeah. No. I. I. I... I think so. And I think there's some of it with Cersei. The comparisons to, to Cersei are going to be there without a doubt. Or it's probably not the last time we'll have a discussion about Cersei and Allison. Um, mm-hmm. It's just, it was tragic. I, I for one, like Cersei, uh, Cersei's death because it is, she has this giant hole in her soul. She tries to fill it with the kingdom and the kingdom is what kills her. And yeah. there's lessons there. And I'm not saying, you know, it's not happy. I, I do not come to this show for complete happiness. Uh, but I... I, I come here for hoping, hoping some of the characters get to experience it. And I think that's a little bit with Allison too, for me. Um, yeah. Especially you want early. better for her because you, you also, the, and you I s- want the world to have treated her better and Rhaenyra. And mm-hmm. that's, I think yeah. still think, think it's the point of this show. And now we have these two women literally fighting each other, one charging the other, but trying to take her son. Uh, Rhaenyra might be in the right in that moment here. Um, Renair's not wrong in some of this stuff, but she's not all right. And it's not just the, the shades of gray is a pundit phrase and a cult nerd culture phrase. And people go to it and, and I get it because it's there. And it's why we keep coming back to George R. R. Martin's world and other worlds. Um, but it's beyond that. It's just beyond simply, uh, uh, you know, little right, little wrong. It's, it's what the world does and the lessons we can take from it. So yes, it keeps, Every when Allison explodes, I'm like, you have that right. That's been that's earned. That's a justified rage, uh, because you've do, you've played the game the system made you play, and you're still lost, and you're still in pain, and you're still suffering, and it's still not right. You're gonna have that reaction. Yeah, and for most of those years, to our knowledge, like up until her grievous era of of bringing Lara Strong into her camp, they were so years good. of quiet resentment quiet pain she like took most of it without fuss she wasn't there was no like to continue the Cersei you know comparisons but differences too like she didn't have like her Jamie on the side she wasn't scheming she didn't anything you know she took it silently and like tried to play her role as a cog in a machine and that's what that's what separates her I think in a lot of ways she took one for the team she took it like a champ and she's got a decrepit old husband um, who I think has a, a warm heart. We're going to talk about him later. Um, just wrapped in a lot of issues, but like, yeah, you played the game and you got your, your asshole father mm-hmm. send you into his room early on. I, that's, that was the point of the first five episodes, right? In a lot of way for these two yep. characters. And it, so it's pain off for me where it worked. He was a naturally kind person that yeah. got used. Kindness was used. Kindness was used, and, and I'm just fascinated by it. Again, uh, it's not as simple as I'm rooting for Allison uh, over Rhaenyra. I'm rooting uh, for a world that would treat both of them better, and I'm fascinated by the lessons that are pouring out of the show. 
And that's why I love the moment where he calls her Ama. Mm-hmm. Because that was, yes, you could make the literal arguments of uh, an older man, you know, riddled with literal holes by disease and, and just this, yeah. this, this sickness and it's the way it's weighing on him. Sure, a moment of, of senile behavior, perhaps, but mm-hmm. it's also like symbolically, thematically, it's the the confirmation that despite doing everything perfectly, you are still but a replacement. You're you are will two. never be equal. Yeah. Still number two. Um, yeah. I don't know. I always, I always use the example with Stannis of the prodigal son's brother. I've, I've said it before, you know, a biblical story of, mm-hmm. you know, the prodigal son runs off and returns and is celebrated, but the brother who stayed is not and how that weighs on him. But the, the, you know, if you, 100%. It, yeah. And, and that's something I've experienced personally, something I've experienced professionally uh, mm-hmm. where you're like, but I'm doing all the things right. And I got 12 views. And the yeah. assholes got oh, 12,000. Ah, real know? pain. Yeah. yeah, I know it's true. And, and it's so like, next you know, I'm and, gonna, and I'm gonna pull the sword like, out and I'm gonna pull the I'm gonna pull the dagger out. Not only was she the second wife, too, she's the wife that by realm rules succeeded. Yes. Emma was not producing the male heirs they so wanted. And that's horrible and it's wrong and it's awful that she was judged by that standard mm-hmm. that they are looked at as baby making machines. It is awful. Yes. But by those rules, the Lady Allison was the queen everyone wanted. Otto says that. You've ended over a decade of uncertainty. Yeah. You've done all these things, and it meant nothing because you are an afterthought to the king. And look, look, again, we we, we take the conversation and the, and the and the pop culture and real world discussion around the portrayal of of, of Emma Aaron's death. And and mm-hmm. it was it was a conversation point that that's absolutely uh, needed in the sense of we must always be aware what we're putting on screen and who can be affected by it. But I keep saying that that was a powerful message for those that needed to hear it. And not everyone maybe needed to hear it, but that the brutal men of our world who love this game of Thrones show needed to see that, but also it was a signpost. We talked about it's a signpost for, for, for uh, Rhaenyra and, and Allison. And both of them looked at that, not literally, but looked at the result and, and, and like, how do we find our ways in the world? And Rhaenyra the whole time, I'm not getting married. Not having kids, and then she yeah. plays this role. But even her kids are bored out of passion. There was probably a little bit more pleasure in that experience for Rhaenyra than Allison. That's got to even upset Allison. <laughs> not not yeah. to take it down to pure sexual satisfaction level, but just like you, you, you. Even when you start to play the rules, you get the you get what you want. And, yep. I didn't and we've that. and we've seen that, and you and you you brought in the the comparison of like professionally, like we've all been in that spot. It doesn't matter what job you're in, but you're like, this guy's five minutes late every day, yeah, and gets the same wage. Like everybody has had that thought, even when even when you can separate yourself. And I've had those moments. I worked in a Trader Joe's for three years. I've had those moments where I'm like, I captain this guy, this guy. Oh god, just give me flashbacks. This guy's in the break room for sixty percent of the day, chilling, and we get the same pay. And that rage can possess you, or you can take a step back, which Allison does not do, and remember, no, 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 no. We should all be making more. Yeah. We should all be treated more, treated better. We should all be X, Y, and Z. And she doesn't make those those leaps of compassion or of empathy that Rhaenyra does. And Rhaenyra is not without faults throughout her life, but as Rhaenyra shows with the Lanor stuff, which could be our, our next topic, I guess, since, yeah, you know, segues. Sure. Uh, 
Renera's treatment of Lenor and their resolution here is all about compassion and empathy. It's all about how can we make this better for the individual, yeah. which Allison will never do. Yeah. 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 I'm not saying, yeah, you know, well, here's, if it was reversed, here's what would have happened. Allison would have uh, accidentally suggested Laris to kill Lenor. Yeah. Or like, it wouldn't have gotten that, that's, to. That's not what I meant. That's not what I meant. Yes. Yeah. Or at some point yes, throughout yes. the 10 years, she would have just, you know, outed him. Yeah. And he would have faced whatever the punishment is for yeah. homosexuality, which is yeah. horrible. Um, but you know that she would have. I mean, she's taken shots at him mm-hmm. uh, about the the appearance of the babies. She took sh- a, an open shot at him about his squires in this episode. Like, yeah. she's already referred to the Targaryen customs as queer, which like other families think too in this world. But like, she is mm-hmm. her father's daughter. Yeah. She is the person that was molded and corrupted. And becomes the type of person who then is unleashed upon the world and attracts your Kristen Coles and your Larises. It it, yeah. it all comes from grooming and conditioning. Yeah, no, that's an excellent point. Again, she, she's not surrounded by the best either. Um, nope. Yeah, but to, to get to that, it, it's towards the end of the episode, but it's big there. There's a lot of stuff. You, you mentioned, yeah, Renera's not uh, innocent in her life. No one is. Even in this episode, I was fascinated by this. And I, maybe we peel, go back a little bit, Alden, and then we'll get to the, sure. the Lanor stuff. Um I was fascinated by this scene that the, the big fight happens. Uh, Aemon One Eye becomes Aemon One Eye. Um, that was a, a spoiler in the name. Uh, if if you knew the name, um, that happens, and then I'm fascinated. I want to. I want to get your take on this. Uh, Rhaenyra's also hiding behind the lie still. Mm-hmm. <laughs> in that scene, when everyone's just like, uh, "Miss Harris is like, what are you talking about?" She's still kind of like, "I." She doesn't admit to it, and. Uh, that could be also to protect Elena as well. Let's talk about that. But uh, she she yeah. kind of gets away with it again there. And I was fascinated because like she's hiding behind this lie, trying to use it to her advantage. There's probably some empathy built into it. Uh, and then, I'm, so I'm, again, I'm looking at Allison, and Allison's like, but that's not even the truth. And you got her <laughs> husband yeah. and her dad. It was a fascinating starting point to get into a little bit more of the Elena stuff and, and taking it to the end of that character's journey so far. Absolutely. And and this comes down to two things. One, motivations. Rhaenyra is sticking to the lie out of fear. Mm-hmm. My children being out, it would be horrible. Leonor being out, it would be horrible. Mm-hmm. Uh, my my uh, relationship with Harwin being confirmed, even though it's been outed, would be horrible. It's all those things where, so she's coming from a place that is naturally sympathetic for a viewer yeah. of protect your own. These are innocent children who we have just seen get attacked. And yeah. so that is already endeared us to them. And then the second level of it is a beautiful callback to the conversation by the Godswood, those three key conversations they have by the Godswood. And it's that that moment of, well, I'm the princess. And to question my virtue is treason. She yeah. goes back to the events here. Yeah. To, to, to question, you know, the, the purity of their births, treason. And it, I think it sent Allison back in a direct way, as much as it has been a buildup yeah. of like, that was the time you made a fool of me. Yeah. And we're back here. I stuck up for you that time and was made a fool of and accidentally found out the Kristen thing. And then my dad blasted me for taking your side. Yeah. And I think yeah. that the, the use of the same defense of, well, I'm the princess, except this time it was, well, they're the princes, but it was the same yeah. functional fence. And I think that that really is what, like, everyone, again, everyone has that person in their life, too, mm-hmm. where it's like, you've been saying this. 
yeah. for years. And you're yeah. always doing this and insert whatever relative or friend you want. We all have that of like, here comes, here comes the catchphrase. <laughs> and I think that that really center. And, and again, yeah. I think Rhaenyra is right to protect her children. Yeah. Of course. Especially yeah. after what happened to them, because everyone with a brain in the room knew who the instigator was. It, yeah. I, I had a brief moment of pause where I'm like, they can see on the young ladies that they they were punched too. Like, yeah. why isn't Corliss or Rainey speaking up? But I think there was an understanding. Well, first of all, I mean, again, the world is horrible in this in this fantasy, and so it's like they probably if, even if they did a full formal investigation, the girls would probably be the last people asked. Yeah, but it's like even then, it was never in question what happened. I think the whole room believed Jason Luke. I think, yeah. um, Amon and Aegon, like e- even even. Allison is grabbing Aegon like you're a fool. Yeah. Um, but I, I, so I don't think it was even about like, we need to find the truth. I think it was a mutually understood thing, mm. but, it, mm-hmm. but it was a moment of the pain is unpacking and how's it going to fall. And the only person with the authority to shut everyone up is the person without the spine to do anything about it. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, Viserys. Let's say Viserys. Um, you want to get more Lanor stuff, right? Yeah, yeah, just expanding out of that. You know, he's not present there, which is a key moment. Yeah, you know, a, a key, a key lack of moment. His 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 absence. Allison takes that shot, mm-hmm. but him realizing the boys were hurt, Rhaenyra was hurt, my sister's dead. He sort of lists his failures, and I applaud the show for creating characters that, in a world like this, really stayed true to the original arrangement. The original arrangement is invoked here. Mm-hmm. This is what we said we were going to do. And it makes you think, like, uh, is this sustainable? Because everyone knows and is raising all these questions uh, until, it, you know, if you're a book reader, uses your knowledge against you. And if you're yeah. a show viewer for the first time, you're like, oh, well, that's so brutal. How could she turn? Now, all of a sudden, I have this moment of when I thought it was going down and I thought he was dead. Yeah. I had a moment yeah. of confusion of why snap that one guy's neck. I guess maybe he was a guard. Yeah. He didn't yeah. look like a guard, but nice David, uh, yeah. All right. So I was confused about that, but then I thought, oof, I resisted it. I hit a wall. I was like, I think it's too early for villains on villains. Mm. I think this is I'm this losing redeemability here for me. And then boom, suddenly yeah. a compassionate act, a, an act of kindness, and an act of truth. I've seen yeah. already, you know, and again, not to be like, I saw a take and I want to dunk on it, but you know, kind of the, the, the idea that, uh, well, I thought he was committing to her cause and he takes the out. Yes. That is committing to her cause. She needed him removed. He removed himself from the equation and it was mutually beneficial. Yeah. That's what I love. He says there's this great moment and, uh, so many wonderful acting moments in this episode. And Emma Darcy has this amazing one uh, here where, where they just play it so well here, where uh, Lenor says to Renera, you deserve a husband. And look on Renera's face where she's like, yeah, and it ain't you. It's mm-hmm. Damon. And who knows what words were said after that. Now, you know, at what point um, is Lenor in on the plan? It's not that. Yeah, but doesn't matter. Doesn't yeah. matter. Uh, and they play it so well, and, it, and the way it's cut back and forth. I, I like you. Know, the first viewing, I had the same thing. I was like, uh, "What was it? Wait, who was the body?" And you go back, the boots. You focus on the boots and everything. And then I need there to be witnesses, as he's saying that to Carl. Like, um, I just love the play, the way it played out. And yeah, to in an episode, you talk about commitment, 
and I talk about this idea of claiming what you want. I think mm-hmm. this is this moment where these it, it's it's again we, we keep doing these. It's not one to one comparison, but I, I one of my favorite scenes in Game of Thrones is season, is season one with with Cersei and, and and Robert Baratheon and what keeps you know the realm together or, or hate of each other. It's just an amazing <laughs> scene. It's an amazing moment. It's not a book. Scene. Our marriage. Our marriage. <laughs> Um, uh, it, it's such an amazing scene. This, this, this reminded me of that almost in the other way of like, he's, he's Lenore saying all the right, you're right. You deserve this. You deserve this. You deserve this. And her realizing I do, and it's not you. And so our marriage is not going to keep the realm together. Uh, mm-hmm. it's not going to move the realm forward. And this is the direction we need to go. And then da- uh, Damon's words. And you said it too, when you listen the first time around, it's it's it you're 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 kind of trained to be like ooh okay they're gonna are they gonna kill him and he's convincing her to kill him but you hear his words they are sweet for Damon yep. Targaryen they're very sweet loving caring words for for Lenor a, a a soldier he fought side by side with exactly I was gonna bring that up I you know I completely hear everybody who wanted more out of all of House Valerian particularly Lenor and Lena mm-hmm. totally understand that but I do love that there is a thematic thread of in the Battle of the Stepstones, it was Lanor that had his back. It yes. was Lanor on Sea Smoke that was his cover fire. It was Lanor that I think even suggested that Damon could be their their hero yeah. as they were standing around. Like, we don't know how to beat this crab feeder. He keeps outfoxing us. And I think it was, you know, there's a certain mm-hmm. there's a certain respect there that has carried throughout um Damon Damon came to his wedding and didn't cause a problem. That in and of itself is great mm-hmm. uh, by Damon's standards. So, and and for Damon to have that sort of empathy for him to want to be in on it in this way. And again, they still murdered someone. This was still yeah. from their perspective a casualty of war, but they have endeared us to them so much at this point. Yeah. Uh, again, blacks are not good guys, but they are the as opposed to the greens, the blacks are the more understandable party right now. They're, They're getting more votes. More, They're getting more, more of a votes righteousness. in the midterms here. <laughs> oh, absolutely. Yeah. We've got tons of counties for the blacks here. Uh, Lord Kornacki comes out. Driftmark, yeah, it, Driftmark, too close to call. No. Honestly, it was up until the end of this. But yeah, it's this whole idea that they are able to find something yeah. for Lenor that can have it all because – She's she's making these arguments to Damon, and we'll talk about him specifically and how he plays in personally. Mm-hmm. But for the Lanor stuff, she's saying, I I need somebody that can strengthen the claim. Yeah. I need somebody that will, will help me show strength. I need somebody that X, Y, and Z, ABC, every single reason why. And mm-hmm. it beautifully just like tricks you into thinking she's gone beyond the pale yeah. until you realize, like, well, why not? And it sort of was the combination of all these pieces. Like Damon has emphasized repeatedly that Pentos is this place where he found peace and you could find peace. And there's the yeah. blood in the names thing. And like mm-hmm. how that plays in with like a body switch, almost like on a, on a, mm-hmm. on a level like that, like it doesn't really matter it's, what body burned. If they believe that this name burned the blood versus name thing, which is dominating uh, this episode in terms of themes to go back to the beginning on your rewatch. Right. Um, if you're out there mm-hmm. listening or watching, go back. If you haven't watched it a second time, just to hear Corliss in that great scene with Rainey's and talking about what's a trailer line, right? They don't remember blood. They remember a name. 
and how that all then tie that into um, his son's name is what's going to be dead, right? And that's that matters more. And and the son, his son's blood gets to go live on under a new name, a new life, the life that he wants to claim. It was just I don't know. It's an interesting to to track that through the episode. I really love. I really love the ending. Really love that. It series. is, and it, it it's a it's a great sort of almost series of moments, and they're not in the exact. They're not in the right order for the connection that I'm making, but you have yeah. that conversation with Rainey's. He declares it mm-hmm. a little bit before that. What he's speaking to was rattled a little bit by young Luke. Yeah. You know, little Luceris is like, I don't want it because it would mean at a beautiful moment of like the heart of a child. Yeah. Uh, you know, truly wonderful. The mind of a child is you finally get to apply that to this dark world where he <laughs> says like, I don't want it. And Corliss is confused. And he's like, cause if I become Lord of Driftmark, then you're all gone. You're all gone. And that sits over the episode until Corliss reckons with it. Doesn't even realize he reckoned with it. And that's when, you know, mm-hmm. I, I want to bring up you know, uh, one of our great listeners, Andy force friends, rewatch podcast. They've been talking to me and, and rightfully so about the treatment of the queer characters and how coming from game of Thrones, completely different time, of course. And then you get like Loris who is, Punished for being gay, which is different than a gay character getting punished. Those are different things. And how Joffrey's death, even though Kristen brutalized him, wasn't because he was gay. Mm-hmm. It was because of Kristen Cole. And so that was like, okay, maybe this show will do it better. But this, with a black gay man, this was sort of the moment, right? This was this was mm-hmm. sort of not do or die for representation because there's always steps to take. It can't all be decided in one yeah, but yeah. we were celebrating in our Twitter DMs this because it was th- an ownership of compassion, of kindness, of of the the swashbuckling life that he wanted mm-hmm. to get away from this that he wanted, and and I brought up the idea of I'm seeing some people you know upset at Leonard for not telling his parents or letting them in, and it's and Andy brought up a great point. So shout out to you, Andy. This idea that you know how many queer kids have to sometimes just walk. And, you know, like they, they loved them, but they also were very much of the, it's a phase. Well, Corliss, Corliss straight up says that. And I, and, I, yeah. and, and Steve Tucson's doing a great job. Of course, I really love Corliss yeah. and he's thinking, it, it, there's so much in him, but in, in this episode, I want to talk about, but yeah, you're right. He, he does the, is a phase and, and Corliss is more interested at this point in the names, which mm-hmm. to bring in a little conversation about him, then I want to go back to your excellent point. Cause I'm not done talking about that. Corliss has this stuff with Randy's where it's like, no doubt he's, he, he sees the world in terms of names and titles. Cause he had a crawl, uh, ahead of everyone else the, you got the old Targaryens everyone loves and he goes and makes his name the nine voyages are about him going out and claiming his name his title and his riches mm-hmm. wasn't given to him he claimed it so he's going to have that world and he ties that to to Lenor and I bet Lenor at some point probably just got a little like, like Allison like I got to play within the system he tries he tries with Venera I love that moment to bring it a little back to what you're saying here, Alden. I love the moment. I've already seen it tweeted out as well, uh, where Renera's where he says that thing. Like I, I sometimes just wish, uh, you know, the gods didn't make me this way. And she's, and I'm paraphrasing, but like, no, I'm glad glad they did because of who you are. This, you're, you're a good man. You're compassionate. You're you, that's hard to come by. Uh, I love that's that true. moment. And as the show plays with the, what we're so used to in this world or any kind of show like this, where week to week, we're waiting to see what the machinations do. We're waiting for the big reveals. I too thought, wow, they're going to kill Damon and Renee are going to kill Leno. That doesn't seem right. And turns out, no, it wasn't right. And um, it's, it's an ending. You mentioned earlier, it's an ending. It's a compassionate ending for Lenore. It's, it's an empathetic 
uh, ending for uh, him from Renera and, and Damon. Um, and if you may, and I, I want you to, I want to come back with any points you have. The, I, no, I, did, I did want to discuss this is, it's not a change from what we've known before. Uh, mm-hmm. You said, uh, you said it so well, your book knowledge, fire and blood specifically might be used against you or your wiki knowledge. Um, if I may, this is from a wiki of ice and fire, which is a great wiki. I go to uh, for well as well, just to get some information. Uh, there's also the one from Phantom, the Game of Thrones, House of Dragon one. Um, this is the, all we know at this point coming in this episode. Lanor was slain by his friend, Sir Carl Corey, while attending a fair at Spice Town in 120 AC. The merchants present reported that the two men had been quarreling before the blades had come out. Septon Eustace uh, insists that Carl had killed Lanor out of jealousy, believing that Lanor had become enamored of a new younger male favorite. According to Mushroom, oh Mushroom, Carl had killed Lanor on behalf of Prince Damon Targaryen, although there was no shred of proof for this. I love that the the creators of the show and the writers of the show and the producers of the show looked at that information. I know I know they were looking at a little bit more pages and pages and said, "What can mm-hmm. we do with that? What yeah. can we do with that? How do we honor this character and how do we honor these uh, the story and, and how do we look at what Rhaenyra and Damon would do in this moment, particularly Rhaenyra and also Damon who fought with him and had a certain bit of uh, loyalty to his father, even you could say. Uh, I love that. I love that this. I can't call it a change, Alden, but I love what they did with this information. They played with the unreliable narrators so well in this in this episode for this particular uh, character, Lenor, and uh, his end. Yeah, yeah, not changes, but revelations, illuminations. These these ideas and these takes that much Ooh. like the issue of Rhaenyra's virginity and how that went down and what was going yeah. on with her honor and was it Damon, was it not? All of that was played in a way where it's like the audience gets the answer, the characters react thusly. Yeah. This is another one of those situations. We get the answer, the characters react thusly, and who knows? Maybe there is an off-screen mushroom that saw them by the docks and saw Carl and Damon, and maybe that will be a rumor that we hear about for seasons two, three, four. Mm-hmm. Maybe that will hang over Damon. I think yeah. you had something to do with what went down at Driftmark. Who knows? Yeah. Um, but but that idea is, is so well explored here in a way that was able to preserve the flow of events, mm. but add uh, a layer of empathy and add a layer of understanding for everybody, including Rhaenyra. You brought up that scene of the, I wish the gods had make me this way, um, which again, I'm a heterosexual person. It's not my experience to speak to, but, you know, from friends experience, family experiences, that moment of reckoning of like, am I wrong is something that you see in, in a lot of stories that deal with queer themes. And for Rhaenyra to jump in and immediately say, no, I think is emphasizes a connection that I love between her and Viserys and it's different issues mm-hmm. you know, she, where she's talking about her husband's homosexuality, whereas with uh Viserys it's about um a, a genderless monarchy right. I guess you know it's a line of succession without gender um regardless of gender as he says to Corliss both of them as father and son that have uh, father and son father and daughter that have always been so close they have an out of time quality mm-hmm. they're too they're too progressive for this which is not progressive by any real metric <laughs> but they're too progressive for Westeros yeah, yeah. now and they both have been bonded by that. They've both been bonded by the knowledge that they have. The Valyrian steel dagger being turned on her gets a nice little close-up mm-hmm. with the flames sort of illuminating it there, where it's almost like Rhaenyra's like, here comes all the pressure that I know is on me that no one else in the room except my father knows about. Yeah. yeah. Once again, it rears its head. It came up in the pilot. It came up when she actually got to read the prophecy on the heated blade. It came up 
kind of with Kristen where she's trying to tell him why she can't just run away. Yeah. And now it comes up again, just visually. It's a very George Lucas-y move of like, I'm just going to show it to you and you deal with that. Um, yeah. I love the visual storytelling throughout. You see that a lot with, obviously with Viserys and, yeah, yeah. and everything that's going on with him. But yeah, they, they just a beautifully handled thing again. And if, if anybody in our listenership and viewership wants to comment um, or, or contact us about your experience and how this made you feel as a step up, as this has a change from the way that things went down in Game of Thrones, which was significantly less fair to its gay characters, let us know because it was it was a, a, a oddly optimistic note for this show. I will never use the word hopeful for House of the Dragon, <laughs> but you felt hope for someone in House of the Dragon. Well, yeah, and look, there was this line here that uh, Renera says, fires a prison, the sea offers an escape, right? And I wrote that down even kind of uh, mm. not in meant to uh, attach it to this, but escape can be... Um, there's a lot of meanings with that word, right? Uh, you can you can have the cowardly runaway version, you need to escape, or you can have what it actually kind of means, which is to get out, to yep. go. And um, Lenor in the story is dead, and we don't get to see him again. Um, we really don't. And to know that uh, in this this version of the story, he has somewhat of a happy ending. That's so rare. In this world, it's so rare. So rare. Think about think about the ones that you can like actually like legitimately just name off the top of your head. There's so few that are purely happy. And Samuel Tarley and Gilly, you know, is what, <laughs> Samuel Tarley, <laughs> Gilly, I'll submit hot pie. Oh, for sure, entrepreneur. Yeah, yeah. entrepreneurial success, beloved. Look, if, uh, they, if yeah. they do that, if the game, if the if the Jon Snow spinoff happens, I guarantee they stop at the end of the crossroads and hot pie's the owner. And he's happy. That would be, that would be a moment for all of us. That would be like a Star Wars, <laughs> like oh my god, it's a Dak Bart. Like that, that would be a, like a Force Awakens level <laughs> moment for sure. Um, yeah. But yeah, I mean, to touch on that sea quote, I didn't even think about it now in the full context of their plan. Yeah. But she's talking about Targaryens and the relationship to fire, yeah. which she has always intimately understood. That's part of why her father picked her. Right. Um, but to emphasize sort of tying it in with what you said about Corliss, that the sea is an escape and it's an escape to other places. And it represents travel. It represents connecting between Westeros and the other continents, how Corliss was able to form all of this, mm-hmm. whereas fire destroys and yeah. not that the sea can't destroy, no. but it's this idea of in terms of their experiences as these two houses one has only been able, been able to use to build. And in this case, it built a way out. It yeah. built a new life. Whoever Lanor is about to be yeah. is the Lanor that Lanor wanted to be. And he did his time, which yeah. he did say in uh, episode six of this season. Yeah. I, I, I've been here for 10 years too, playing my part. Yeah. Um, and, and, and then she resisted it because she was under a lot of pressure here. She's accepted. You know what? You're right. You, since we were teenagers, we had each other's backs. Yeah. And it's time to it's time to put that to a close, yeah. which I thought was beautiful. No, beautiful. We could we could talk on and on. Yeah, I appreciate it. Anyone out there, uh, certainly if anyone out there felt differently, but if anyone out there uh, mm-hmm. took uh, solace or any kind of hope or any kind of inspiration from the scene, uh, I'm curious to know, like Alton said, it's not necessarily our, uh, you know, our exact experience to comment on, only looking on in terms of the show and wondering. Mm-hmm. But I think it was a good moment. Again, it's just like uh, you had they had the room to do this with this character. And I thought it was uh, 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 just made this episode even sing 
more for me there. Uh, a lot to get to in the time we have remaining here, Alden. You and I are just having fun. I love that. I'm just kind of rolling the sleeves so I don't have sleeves on my Jon Snow shirt here. Um, <laughs> my tinier sleeves here. Uh, I, could, I could roll them up like a sitcom character putting cigarettes in there, like a tough boy here. Um, yeah, yeah. I do want to get to Viserys before mm. we run out of any kind of time. There's a lot to discuss here, a lot going on. But I want to talk to you about Viserys, man, because, like... <laughs> Poor guy. Like, we're getting there. Like, oh, it's it's not good. It ain't looking good. Otto is looking. Otto's positioning. Yeah, the blocking in the show has always been incredible. Mm-hmm. And just sort of the 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 hierarchy. The like I look at it sort of in like a theater type way of yeah. where you place sort of like in the tableau and Otto looming while all the dagger stuff is going down and Viserys being in there in the yeah. center moving around and no one really taking him seriously is watching. It was. That's that meme of okay, Grandpa, come on, get to bed. Literally, he even throws that out like your grandsire. It's like, yeah, we we know. And the first time that Aegon stands firm in anything, yeah, is to his father there, and is like, Dad, yeah, Dad, yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, um, man, yeah, yeah, yeah. He's uh, he's not quite the the king from Princess Bride, but you know, uh, won't that be nice? Uh, as as Buttercup <laughs> tells him, she's gonna kill himself, kill herself. Um. Yeah, you mentioned it too. It was such a sadly pathetic moment when he's just kind of the last to know, and and I really believe in his. Uh, he's got such plausible deniability what's going on with Renner's kids, and I I actually truly believe he doesn't know. It's not unlike Tywin and Cersei and Jamie. A little different, little different, little different result, mm-hmm. but that kind of energy. But it, it's a sadder version. Uh, it's a yeah. pathetic version, and him walking around. But to me, I, Viserys has been positioned from the beginning, even before the show started, and even some of the preview work we were doing here of he is a good man, a bad king. And that's an interesting conversation to have. Uh, I was just wondering, like, look, he's over, he's overlooked a lot. But I always say he's overlooked a lot to, to, to keep it all together. Uh, and at this point, he just wants love. He just wants forgiveness, even with Damon. Uh, he wants togetherness. But he lost, and he lost such a long time ago, I think, and I, I, I'm, I'm pitching this to you, Alden, because I don't know what I think right now. I, other than I, do, I love Patty Considine in this role here. Um, mm-hmm. But that's it's just like, I feel so sad for him. I, just don't I know do what too. To do with that. I, I feel complete sadness for him. I'm entirely endeared to Patty. I think Viserys is one of the only genuinely, like, again, good is such a weird word to use in this context. It's a weird, but- yeah, it's a, it's a weird, weird room. Weird word. And this entire yeah, this franchise, just yeah. overall. But he is a man, like you said, acting out of love, desperately trying to look on the bright side as he reckons with legacy, as he reckons with what he knows is the end of his life. Damon even kind of says, like, you know, looking good, man. Like it's yeah. like oof. actually take a step back, actually, while you're at it. Uh yeah. he, he's he's worse for wear, <laughs> missing a limb. Falling apart. I mean, it's it's been a slow burn, and he's had to deal with it. And he he knows more about the way he feels than anyone else does. He does. It's a lot of effort for him to stand around on his cane. Yeah. Um, he sits at every opportunity, and for him to put any energy that he has left, any time that he has left, and to trying to fix something that is so irreparably shattered yeah. at this point, uh, it's 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 futility. It's mm-hmm. it's watching anything that is broken. Like when a, when a child drops a, a glass cup and they and they can you can it be fixed? Like it's the same sort of 
almost innocence mm-hmm. for a man that is so powerful that you would think innocence is beneath him. Mm. It's very interesting. He's sort of yeah. the children in the room had more gumption and, and <laughs> no. spine and gall, you know, like, yeah. like when Eamon steps up and yeah. Eamon and Vagar will be one of our last notes. I'm yeah, sure. Yeah, yeah the, absolutely. The, I want to talk about that. But Eamon stepping up and being the actual one to put an end to it. Mm-hmm. The small one, the smallest one, the pathetic one, the hurt one yeah. at this moment is the one that's like, it's enough. It's a fair trade. That's when everyone listens. Yeah. Not to Viserys. And his words have meant less and less with every episode of House of the Dragon so far. Yeah. Oh, 100%. That's a good point. Especially if you go, yeah, go back to episode one. Oh, yeah. He's still kind of running meetings, isn't he? It's That's a world apart. Yeah. That seems like yeah, another episode one, the, the realm swears fealty to Rhaenyra on his word. Yeah. He is able to handle Damon. He is able to do all these things. Episode two is the hunt. Mm-hmm. Little trouble killing that stag, right? Yeah, but it's a little trouble. We can get over it. Get drunk, it's fine. Mm-hmm. Every single time, he's become less and less effective. Every single time, that's a great point. And and again, like I said, I, I this is uh, you mentioned earlier about having to unpack some feelings about certain things in this episode or beyond. And I, I think that's I think that's okay. And we live in this uh, in this punditry world, this pop culture world, where you you got to come out of the theater or or. Uh, stop the show and give an immediate thumbs up or give an immediate thumbs down. And, and I like this character. I don't like this character. I I, I love Viserys as a character. He's so flawed. Mm-hmm. And I'm just wondering, I'm just still unpacking what I think about it because of what the show is saying and what are the lessons to pull from it? He is a good yeah. man. And I don't think that's ever been, and again, he's done some, some things that are wrong. He's made some decisions, uh, the Amos stuff, uh, but I'm not talking about the real world discussion around it. I'm just talking about the in world thing. He, he, he is still a product of his time here, even though, as you said, he's a man out of time in some some ways. Um, he's got the burden with, with the, the 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 prophecy hanging over him, and it just you know what uh, what's the lesson? I keep going back to the thing. He is a good man, but he because he was afraid of confrontations. This is this is that's the sin that is leading to where we are right now. And confrontation is such a th- it's a hard thing. I'm not great at it either. Uh, mm-hmm. Where you could just pull back. And then this is what happens. And this moment where he's screaming and he's feeling very helpless, very pathetic. He's the last to catch up the information, which he should have been the first. Doesn't want to face it. All this stuff's going on. I just keep thinking this, this is it. This is the sin. This is the sin of, 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 of good, good man, bad King, the lack of confrontation, the lack of solution, letting the bootlickers take over, not confronting certain members of the family, letting it all go. All of it, all of it has led to this moment where now you are just, a king in body only. Just Absolutely. Standing. Yeah. Yeah. Not even a, not even a healthy one. Uh, and that just adds to the people are watching your time run out and they know this. Oh, and, they're uh, tick, 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 tick. Oh, a hundred percent. Everybody's been telling you that auto predicted that before he even left months, years, doesn't matter. It's yeah. coming. Yeah. And, and Damon realized that it's coming. Allison's been realizing this because she has witnessed in intimate settings the way that he's decomposing, everything is coming to a head, like you're saying. And because it's in the context of this prequel, and because we have experienced Robert Baratheon, Joffrey Baratheon, your Renly, yeah. your Stannis, your your uh, Balon Greyjoy, all these kings, um, we have a frame of reference for what they are, and so we can give him like this. You're 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 not bad, mm-hmm. but at the same time, you failed in familial ways you failed in interpersonal ways 
Lionel gives him that perspective of you continued Jaharis's peace, man. You continued yeah. the great peace. There has not been a problem. There's been ups and downs, but the, you'll be remembered as somebody that was that could sustain, that could bring us through the next era. And that's all true. Yeah. But you could not keep your own house in order. Mm-hmm. And to do both is very difficult as the entire Game of Thrones saga has shown us both shows. Um, but even if you're just watching this show, this is your first time and you haven't gone back to Thrones yet. This idea of, you know, just great man, great king, mm-hmm. good conqueror, good king. Like there's all these things that cannot mesh with the crown. Yeah. Um, and yeah. he unfortunately was just not the one. And to bring up the rainy stuff again in this episode was a wise move. You know, they, they remind us of that from time to time. Mm-hmm. And I think this might be the final word, maybe for them as a married couple. Mm-hmm. It seemed pretty definitive. This was the most most heated that it got, especially yeah. on the day of their daughter's funeral. But you see Rainey's who has such a quiet, like cunning and such a quiet resolve and how she was ready to make a big move. She was ready to make a baller move. Yeah. She said, today's the day, skip them, go straight to Damon's daughters. Let's do it. Mm-hmm. She she showed that she had the queenly spine that she was never allowed to actually use. Yeah. No, I love that scene too. I love, uh, again, because I, I, I just was, uh, I was ready to love Corliss, so I do, uh, just because of the character's history. I think the Nine Voyages, should they ever do that story as a spinoff, animated show, live action show, whatever, I think it would be spectacular. I want to see it. He's such a fascinating character, but all, this, all these characters in the world, uh, they, they have these giant flaws. And him, this obsession, this obsession, because even what he's saying, right? It's like, I, I loved his point of view here of, uh, this is your, they took your crown. I'm trying to, I'm trying to get it back in a way. Isn't that, isn't that good? And for her to be like, I've moved on. I've changed. I've let that go. And we can change our future by doing this and him uh, not understanding that or not being willing to do Mm -hmm. this. It was a fascinating conversation. And that sort of ties in with what we were talking about, uh, you know, about your Stannis's or about our real life comparisons. Like Corliss is the guy that did do it all. Literally did more than anyone else. uh, At least in this era has actually, Maybe Oberyn Martell will surpass yeah. his resume one day, but it's this idea that. But even but even Oberyn was this. a prince, right? Exactly. Yes, he was born a little into bit it. of a spoon in his mouth. A little bit had the had the power to go and do it. Had yeah. the ships. Yeah, had he the took training. The, he took the spoon out of his mouth and started feeding people all over the world with his Oberynness. Yes, but yes, but Corliss a little different. A lot in many ways, but Corliss again, yeah, like he he went and got it all, and then he can't understand why she's not angry about getting it all yeah and he's he's projecting 100 percent onto his wife and yeah. and there's and that's why and, and he gives damon the past too because damon to touch on him real quick like this is the reawakening of damon for very similar reasons because mm-hmm. nobody gets corliss right now nobody there is no there mm-hmm. is no i understand you corliss that has not happened right and he's, he's frustrated by not having that and now his children are gone so he's gonna have less of it which is why he'll turn to the blacks as their great hero shot but damon could not be woken up by his brother, mm-hmm. by his wife, by his kids. It took Rhaenyra saying, you know what, man? Don't come home for home. Don't come home for court. Don't come home for a job. Don't even come home for what Lena was saying, like, we're the blood of Ovalyria, dragon riding adventure. Right. None of that worked, man. Come home because F them. Mm-hmm. Come home because I know you got the fire in you. I do too. 
they, they, they do the old marriage ceremony of the blood, <laughs> which, you know, fire and blood uh, like that. He woke up finally because the one person that's ever spoken his language spoke it and, yes. and got him. He, he was yes. content to retire. And now he's back in the game. <laughs> he's just walked. Uh, Damon has reentered the game, uh, which also, I just as we always say, we always track these moments where exiled Damon returns and everyone's like, hey, he's back. Um, yep. Love yep. what you're saying. Uh, I think the two big things we still need to discuss before we get on out of here on this uh, fun episode is is what we're, about, what we're talking about now. And we'll get to Vagar and Eamon because I think it was some of my mm-hmm. favorite stuff in the episode. But I love what you're saying here about Rhaenyra and, 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 and this theme of blood versus name. As, correct me if I'm wrong. I'm interpreting what you're saying is Rhaenyra looks at him and says, don't return for the name, return for the blood, which is me. And also you. And the rest of them, it's almost, again, we're do, you and I are doing a lot of these comparisons to the old series tonight, but it's, uh, it's a lot of that Jamie and, and Cersei energy where it's like, F the rest, it's about you and I. Um, and then once again, we're in a weird situation on, on Game of Thrones where we're like, oh yeah, we're rooting for this. Wow. This is a relationship that shouldn't be, but we're in this world. We're in this fantasy world. Um, so I, I, I really liked it. Uh, and, and the beach scene, uh, I thought it was, uh, uh, played well, uh, and to end on, uh, uh, her eyes, Rhaenyra's eyes. Mm-hmm. And in a series, you and I talk about not a lot of happy endings, a lot, of, a lot, not a lot of moments out there that people can go. That's joy. It was more than joy. I, I, it was this um, comfort, acceptance of the situation. It was, uh, I don't know. It really worked for me just to, to watch as that, uh, that as that love scene ends to to focus on her eyes and, and see this through her eyes here in this moment. Uh, what it means, and then also to know uh, the words she said to Damon to to kind of get them all back into this. I thought it was well done. Absolutely. I thought it was, it was elegantly done. It was tasteful. It it just felt like it was a moment of compassion that both of them had been without, especially because we're Mm. actually, we're, we're spinning out of a conversation where she's talking about the failed attempts at intimacy from the forced marriage and how this one has, you know, it's been building and it would, it would have happened when she was 18. If it had been her choice, she was ready. And, and, for it to finally be now, there's the talk of I'm no longer a kid. They're fully formed individuals now. And for it to happen in this way, it awakens them both. They align together, like you said, like sort of like the us against the world that the Lannisters would have a couple of centuries later. This yeah, idea yeah. that she that they embrace the blood in, in contrast to everybody else. This is both of them. He's finally found his way back in that appeals to him. I think it was great that Viserys tried one more time before this happened so we can have that contrast. Yeah. And then for her, this is like, I'm now carrying the scar, literally. They have they give that maester the line of dialogue. It, it'll heal, but it'll scar. Mm-hmm. This is, Rhaenyra is done making an offer. She tried. Yeah. You know, yeah. we're, 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 we're family. We, we, once upon a time, we were friends. And I'm proposing this marriage. I'm proposing this gift. I'm proposing this solidarity. And it was denied here. She showed up just for a funeral. She's getting smacked down again. Now they've heard her children. Now it's on like from her point of view, you've earned earned this. I I think is what she's really feeling like Allison. You've earned this and Mm. you have, and now Mm. you have earned the combined powers of both of us. You have earned the two of us. And Cyrax and Carax is now. With that great uh, uh, f- Monday night football starting lineup photo of the blacks. <laughs> just so like, good. 
<laughs> David so Targaryen, running back, Dragonstone. And, um, and you know what? Yeah. This is a good segue because what does Otto say? The boy did a great thing getting Vega on our side. I'm not a sports guy, but that sounded to me like a draft moment. <laughs> it really like, was. <laughs> it really was. He drafted Vagar, Allison. I was going to say, like, oh, man, we're, we're ending on Eamon here. But Eamon won I, uh, this moment with Vagar, uh, and it's it's important in terms of the pieces. That shot of them flying, you know, off at the end there. You got the frail king, but you got the, the dragons. Vagar being the biggest and um, oldest living uh, creature left at this point that we know of, right? Um, I, I, first of all, I just loved seeing it. I love, and I'm not, this isn't about liking or disliking Eamon um, or agreeing with what he did, right? Finders, keepers, losers, weepers. Here we go. Playground rules. But I just love take, again, we talked about top. This is this show, this season's moved very fast in terms of years, but it really slows down and takes its time when it wants to and when it needs to. And I loved seeing the climbing of a dragon so to speak that the taming of the dragon and vagar and everything about it and uh, the birds get hit in the face all this stuff um not necessarily for a character that i love or i'm not rooting for aim one eye there um but again a show that has a big theme this episode of claiming what is yours in the world and this is what he wanted this is what he was picked on this is the, the pigmo and everything so uh a little complicated feelings all i'm not rooting for him but i really love this scene yeah, it's definitely, uh, it gives you mixed emotions because when isolated, it's mm-hmm. very archetypal. It's very classic. Mm-hmm. This is, like I mentioned earlier, Terry Potter writing Buckbeak in Prisoner of Azkaban. This is any time that anyone in any teen movie has ever gotten the car. Uh, <laughs> you think about Han Solo boosting that speeder at the beginning of Solo. Like, yeah. this is the, oh, I've tasted agency now. Yeah. I've tasted yeah. freedom now. I have my thing. And it's combined with the I found the pet archetype, which is such a thing, you yeah, know. Yeah, I've, yeah. I've got my thing. We, the Starks had that across the board with their with their direwolves and those bonds. And you combine all of that though with the Game of Thrones element, because on mm-hmm. its own, it's like beautiful young prince rides dragon for first time. That sounds like every fantasy thing that's ever been good. That that could be Pete's dragon for all <laughs> we know. But this show does a great thing yeah. that I've also mentioned a lot with Rings of Power, interestingly, which is what will open the door for you to make a choice between your best and worst instincts. Yeah. And it's a liberating and beautiful scene immediately followed by the comma, but mm-hmm. it enabled his worst instincts. Yeah. It, it plays for us like, wow because he's the bullied child and it's it's the biggest one and beautiful my goodness kids looking out of the window what's happening it's all those classic beats and then all of a sudden you realize oh now he now the the bullied child's wrath can have a catalyst now he can back everything up and Otto hightower knows that the kids know that and the second the second that he is called into question he's willing to cave someone's skull in with a rock and it, it yeah. is a brutal, very A Song of Ice and Fire version of those classic things. I love that Otto basically just said, and we've got a Hulk. Uh, this is great. Oh. <laughs> yeah. No, because I, I, this is one of my big things that I just I just go on and on about. This idea of destiny and fate. We, we, we all grow up with it because of movies, because of stories. And destiny and fate is so often interpreted, I'd say misinterpreted, as we have this path in front of us and a right to X, Y, and Z. 
And really, to me, destiny is just what takes you to the next choice. And the the claiming of Vagar is, uh, from a certain point of view, a certain destiny, right? The, the How you get these dragons, I was talking about with Grace, my fiance, as we're watching this, it's like, I, I don't necessarily know the, 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 the textbook way to claim a dragon in Westeros. I don't know, or Old Valyria, I don't know. But it's 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 a little give and take. It's a little organic. It's a little bit of the dragon. The dragon's gonna want you there. Uh, think of the Jon Snow stuff, even on Dragonstone there with um, yeah. uh, Rhaegal and everything. So um, there's a little bit of, of of mystic magic to it, right? And yeah. it could be this uh, this dragon's meant for me. And so if Amon Amon has that belief and finally claims this dragon, right? And you could argue whether he, whether he should have, should he even tried, because if he was nice, maybe you get past it to the daughters, all those kind of things. But he, he claims this moment. It's a moment of destiny. And he follows it up. Uh, it, it really just leads him to what's more important, which is the choice. That's the comma you're talking about. And why I think it's such a, an interesting scene for this world, this fantasy show that we all love so much. Destiny always leads you to a choice. And he made a bad one after that. Paid for it. And we'll see what happens. <laughs> Yeah, that's one of my favorite things that you brought up here. You brought it up on Force Center with Joseph and Jennifer before about like the misinterpretation. Uh, and again, we're not saying we're right, but there's the common interpretation of destiny as predestination. Yes, and that's that's not the case. You know, I, I've talked about this a lot with Finn with people. Like Finn in Star Wars doesn't do what Finn does because the Force possessed Finn. Yeah, the Force said this would be a good thing to do. Yeah, but it still takes the individual to do that, yeah. and. And he was presented by these kids saying that was our mom's dragon. We were supposed to inherit that. She just died. And that was his moment of the universe essentially saying, Amon, you could be better here. Yeah. You could not be the bully that they were to you. And he takes it up to the worst, the worst levels. And, it, and those, those questions. And I, I would love for everybody watching and listening. Why do you think Vagar? accepted amen i would love to know because i think that's a wonderful we ask it and we don't ever have to answer it because you just impart like i love the idea that this is the oldest creature this is a creature that was there for the conquest and it saw brutality Mm. in this kid it saw a kindred spirit it saw (laughs) the potential for for wrath i think and in a in a way that like that like what elena have like I'm a dragon rider. I will go out in flames, mother yeah. F. Like, let's go. Yeah, that's interesting. And I think that there's something about Vagar being this beast that everyone fears that was like, you're kind of damaged. Like, I think there was sort of that energy there, which I think is really interesting. In the same way that Drogon later on with Jon Snow is like, you're nice to my mom. Like, I, the dragons have that agency. Yeah. And, and it's like a silent sort of conversation that happens there. Yeah. With just the Dohairis, Dohairis, chill. Very interesting. <laughs> chill. Treat. Get you a treat. It's like yeah. trying to tame a chihuahua. Trust me there. All right. We've got to start wrapping up this one. All We could be talking for a bit. lot to unpack in this episode. Maybe some things we're leaving on the table. I understand that, but we got to it. Uh, got to the big stuff there. So final thoughts on this episode before we uh, move on out. Yeah, my final thought would just be that I loved it. Uh, the more I've talked about it, the more I've loved it in this hour and a half. And uh, thanks to everybody for listening. And shout out to all the young performers that took their last bow tonight yeah. in this world. Uh, we've had a couple cast changeovers. This will be yet another one, potentially the last one, at least for season one. Yeah. Um, this is a long, 
it's a long dance and we see some people become men and women and you know so there will probably be more but for for ty Tennant and 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 our young aim and i don't have everyone's name unfortunately off the top of my head but that list uh, of people that were saying bye to you were all great and you all got to go out with a fight of your own which was very cool <laughs> it was yeah little kids on the playground Ooh, that was brutal yeah i knew yeah yeah, Noah Naaman was going to lose it at some point. Uh, the way it played out was great, but the way it looked was, whoo, that was, uh, I'm going to have to look that was away. Gnarly. I'm going to look away for a bit. Um, uh, yeah, I agree, with you, I agree with you too. Um, uh, I really do love this episode. I love uh, what it take, uh, what it took to get to this episode, the f- previous six episodes. Uh, I actually think that's a good thing and loved it. And I think this is an episode that on rewatch uh, will continue to reward uh, viewers uh, who are willing to uh, dig in. So a lot of fun discussing it with you here as always, all that we're on, out of here this week, next week, like you said, big time jump um, again, not as big as the previous one, but we're going, uh, we're getting up there a little bit and we're moving closer and closer to the big dance. Uh, at least the start of it there. We're, we're, we're hitting the dance floor soon. So we'll dive into that. want to thank you all, all of you who are watching and listening. Uh, if you're a podcast first listener, uh, we can be found in a lot of spots. Uh, wherever you uh, search for podcasts, uh, find us. Uh, if you want to listen to the podcast side, take us with you. I don't know. I prefer podcasts, but uh, you also like seeing our faces. So we also thank you for watching here on YouTube. Thanks for the subscription. Hit that bell. Do that stuff. I know I'm supposed to do that early, like two minutes and 32 seconds in the videos. I've been producing YouTube videos for a long time on my own stuff. I just like y'all to watch and you choose to there keep go. going, but do uh, spread the word. Tell friends. We get a lot of wonderful comments uh, and I'm not going to lie. I love seeing the comments that are just like, Hey, I appreciate the thoughtful non-reactionary uh, discussions about this show and the rings of power. Um, it's what I love doing. It's why I stick around this world, including the star Wars world with Force center. And I know you with Octo radio. So we appreciate you all being part of that community and continuing those kind of conversations as well. So follow us on Twitter at casterly talk. If you'd like to as well, we're also on Facebook. If you're still there, uh, I'm at cat Napsock. You can follow me, uh, on Instagram, uh, Twitter. And you know, I, I eventually get back to TikTok. I, I put about six videos up there and it just, I, then I got old, but I'm there as well. Uh, you can also go to my website, Ken Napsock.com for information on things I do, like stand-up comedy. And this coming week, I'll be in New York City with Mark Ellis at the New York Comedy Club in East Village on October 6th and 7th. After that, I'll be in La Jolla, California, 14th through 16th at the Comedy Store in La Jolla with Mark Ellis. And then Mark and I are flying up to Seattle on October 28th for a fun show at the Crocodile. So information's on my website. Alden, before we get out of here, tell them where to find you and uh, all that good stuff. I will be sneaking into your carry-on and going to Seattle because I've never been. Uh, no, you can find me uh, personally at that Alden Diaz everywhere. T-H-A-T-A-L-D-E-N-D-I-A-Z, Octo Radio, Talking Star Wars, uh, One of Them Film Club, uh, writing different places. I do my best to keep people updated. So, yeah, just follow me on Twitter and Instagram, and that's the easiest way. That's the easiest way indeed. Always fun hanging out with you, sir. So, we'll see you all next time. See smoke. Maybe we're not done with you. Lenor, Carl, have a nice life. You deserve it.